As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. We are doing the Cubs podcast thing here at The Athletic. Uh, probably, you know, if the Cubs were going to lose 3 of 4 to the Giants, as they did, better that they win the last one, because, you know, that it leaves you with the better taste in your mouth. The spirits are up. I can feel my energy as I'm introing this show is way more positive than it would be for most other 3-1 series losses. And uh, I, you know, I'll throw it right to you guys about the series because ultimately part of my um, ebullient nature is that we kind of expected that it was going to be a tough series in any case. And when it's a four-game set, if it's a tough series and you don't like the odds, well, it's either maybe going to be a split or maybe going to be 3-1. And so... Um, I think from a purely results-based perspective, road trip out West, no off day. Uh, I don't, it it doesn't tell me anything, you know, that the Cubs lost uh, this series three to one in yeah. isolation. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some things that we kind of knew or expected and, and they've kind of been highlighted over the past four games. And uh, I, I felt like coming into this series, maybe I didn't verbalize it, but winning three of the seven, not series, but winning three of the seven on the road would have been a nice outcome in the sense, you know, not a great outcome, but, you know, keeping your keeping it around the same place where you were heading into a really tough West Coast trip, heading into a really tough month of play in general. And I think that's kind of what we've said, just if they can keep uh, stay afloat here over the next few weeks they're going to make it interesting come July, right? So, you know, I, I agree that that last win, especially the way they went about it, uh, makes it all feel a little bit better. It's like, okay, take two of three from the Padres. That's a, t- that's a tall task still. But uh, if they can do that, it's not a dreadful road trip, even if they don't get swept here. I think it's just a really tough road trip, and, and it doesn't say much more than what we already know about this team, which I think, you know, I think we know where the big question mark is and, and it was highlighted this weekend and that's the, that's the starting pitching. Yeah. I think it'd be very poetic end to this road trip as well with uh, you yeah. Darvish facing off against Jake Arietta, And I think, 
the big takeaway for me from San Francisco is just how unreliable this rotation is. Obviously, Kyle Hendricks did a nice job of kind of riding the ship there and, and limiting the damage and keeping his team in the game, which he has done throughout his career. That's no surprise. But, you know, when Jake Arrieta uh, is, is sick and then the manager kind of downplays that and, and you look at his you know, breakdown, Jordan Bastion had a good tweet of like his first five starts versus his last six starts. Uh, obviously, Cole Stewart is kind of a guy that they're curious about but can't really – count on and you know Zach Davies is kind of this five inning pitcher it's just you can you can really see the one area that they have to upgrade here uh between now and July 30th and that's the rotation yeah let's stick on the rotation for a bit and we don't have to get too granular unless there's anybody in particular that you really want to dig in on but the thing that has become very clear I, I think when we talked about this rotation in spring training, we were acutely aware because we talked about it probably every time we recorded that it was going to be a rotation that was going to rely heavily on the defense, um, which shit, we could do a whole episode on that because I don't know if you guys have been tracking the data much, but it's been a pretty average defense overall, like at best. And um, we, so we knew that what I think we didn't, maybe contemplate at the time is that part and parcel of having a rotation of like command control guys that you're just trying to get as much as possible out of is that you're going to have a lot of short outings and that issue while we didn't discuss it in advance of this season and we haven't discussed it much uh, outside of the context of Zach Davies we haven't really discussed it much uh, since the start of the season, because the bullpen has been masking that issue with its tremendous depth and tremendous performance. And I think what really stood out to me in this giant series is uh, particularly against the backdrop of having been deployed so heavily lately. When you had these very short starting outings, which the Cubs did throughout this series, uh, so much so that Kyle Hendricks kind of had to go a little bit more than you might have otherwise uh, on Sunday. It, it did start to feel like, oh, this is what it could look like if the bullpen gets exposed a little bit. Even a great bullpen, even a deep one where I really do believe in so many of these guys. Um, it did start to have that feel of like, yeah, but they can't cover four or five innings every night um, and be competitive over the course of a season. And so it, it tied me back to something we talked about the, on the last show, which was that uh, when you when you think about buying or selling and you think about what's this team going to look like in the second half and in the postseason, and yeah, teams can ride great bullpens in the postseason. In fact, I might argue that having a great bullpen is as important as anything in the postseason. But the problem is you can't actually get to that point without having quality starting pitchers covering innings. And the issue that I see... It was it was so clear in this series, like Mooney said, and like you said, Sahadev, and I'm looking ahead and I'm concerned, is I don't know how this rotation ship gets righted because I don't think that Jake Arrieta is just suddenly going to become more than what you hope he could be, which is like five innings of command control, two, three runs, sort of somehow does make that transition into that type. Davies can kind of be that guy again. Maybe Adbert and Kyle can get you the six, seven innings periodically, but Trevor Williams, if he comes back healthy, 
you're not going to get much more than that. Alec Mills filling in, you're not going to get much more than that. And I could go on down the line and I, I just don't know where those quality starting innings are going to come from. And if that's how it's going to be for the next several months, this, this bullpen's going to wear down and it's going to be an issue. Yeah. I mean, they could get creative and, and kind of start an Iowa shuttle. Uh, maybe there's a way if only two of these guys are the ones struggling to, you know, where it's like two times through the order. So it's four or five innings, maybe six if they're, you know, just spot on. Uh, if it's two, maybe you can cover it. But right now it's Arietta, it's Davies. And with Williams down, it's Cole Stewart. Not that not even that with Williams in there, it was, uh, you know, he was guaranteed to give you six or seven innings. And then there's and then there's the added strain of the fact that you feel good when Hendricks or Alzali are on the mound, right? That they can, even if without their best stuff, they can get you through five or six maybe. And and they've, they've, they've kind of shown that. But at some point, when, does, when do we start talking? I mean, we have been, but what, at what point is do we need to wonder when Alzali is going to, you know, get sent down to keep his innings down or needs to be, you know, babied a little bit more because he's, he's never uh, really pitched at this level at this, uh, you know, this innings level. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's just so many things that are going to lead to issues with the bullpen that there's too many guys right now, not eating innings. I don't know outside of a trade. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you make that work. Even like you can't even just insert Corey Abbott and say, go and get him Corey Abbott. Like, yeah, he looked okay when he was out there, but I, you know, the guy gives up a ton of home runs and, and how's it going to work at the major league level? Uh, I just, you know, you can't guarantee innings from that guy either. There's just nobody where you feel comfortable outside of Hendricks and Alzali and there's issues there as well. So, uh, it's it's kind of been exposed. I think they can get through certain pockets and periods of time, but after a while, it's going to wear on the bullpen. It's going to take a ton of creativity if this is how it's going to be because you're going, like I said, it, the only way I can see it working is if they get really creative with how they call people up and, and ways that they can kind of shift uh, pitchers up and down. Maybe there's a way that there's enough, enough depth in Iowa that they could barely get through it, but uh, – it's just it's gonna take it they're i mean theo's theo's language they're gonna have to thread the needle here to make it work i think uh brett we hadn't talked about this issue in spring training because we didn't really think the cubs would have a very good bullpen it's like well what's it like, like or or that it would matter <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> right. like, yeah exactly but uh no no doubt like you're saying Sadev, of getting creative and that i mean they do have options uh, in terms of pitching volume that I don't think we've really seen from them in, in a couple of years of if they wanted to do stuff like that. And, you know, I know they were never a big team on like kind of openers or piggybacking the way, you know, certain other teams were, but I think that has to be kind of on the table and it's tightening up the defense, like you say, Brad. And, you know, also the offense will have to carry them for a bit too. You know I mean? This, this group, uh, that won the World Series largely on pitching and defense. It's like you know, this is a star-driven team, and if these guys can produce and not just have the entire offense be, you know, get guys on base for Patrick Wisdom, as Ian Happ said, that you know, win a game seven-five, you know, and I think that they have been pretty judicious. Jock Peterson said this the other day of like, you know, when we get a lead, we can hand it over to the bullpen and kind of you know manage the game that way. 
Um, and that's kind of the formula that you can see. And, you know, to get through this stretch, kind of buy some time, and then get those reinforcements um, in July from outside your organization. Yeah, so speaking of the offense as it relates to this, because, I mean, that's a good point. It feels like it's been a while. I mean, it's all relative. You know, when you're going through – I was – remarking earlier today how so today's monday today is game 60 for the cubs so if this were last year it would be the final day <laughs> of the regular season which really puts into context how short and probably meaningless last season was yeah right um to say nothing of the circumstances but just sure you know purely the length and so i forget you know as we're going through this you know when i think like oh man it's been a while since x happened and it's like dude that was like eight games ago well, that feels like a while to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what I was going to say is it feels like it's been a while since the Cubs did win one of those slugfest games where it was like, okay, crap performance on the pitching side of things today, but the bats really stepped up. And part of that's because the pitching has been so good that you know the Cubs have had some big offensive days, but they haven't won a sloppy big scoring game in a while. And you know, I think another part of it is Cubs haven't been at full strength in on the positional side in a long time. And that's not to say like, you know, Jason Hayward was the missing piece in the Cubs offense. And um, I wouldn't even go so far as to say, we know for sure that like Nico Horner is a definite uh, huge upgrade to the offense. He was when he was active and available, but I mean, there, there was, there was time to, to play out, but at the same time, what you do see when you've got so many guys injured and you're relying on depth behind depth is your ability to really optimize your lineups uh, kind of fades. Your ability to not rely on guys kind of playing out of position fades. And you are left to hope that you have these kind of miraculous breakouts like a Patrick Wisdom in order just to sustain your expected offensive level, right? Because over this past week, where Patrick Wisdom has played at a player of the week level, like you look at, I saw a tweet from MLB earlier, and he was not included. And I was like, that is garbage. So I looked it up. (laughs) And I mean, he's just this past week blown away every other offensive performer in baseball this week. It's it's crazy. And that was enough to just kind of keep the Cubs offense at a decent enough level to compete, right? Like they didn't have this enormous offensive week, even the games they were winning against the Padres. So what I wonder is, you know, as the Cubs do get these guys healthy, like how long is the leash going to be on starting a guy like Patrick Wisdom, who is keeping you afloat right now with his huge production at the same time, you know, all your data, all your systems, all your probably some scouting, all your just natural knowledge of the way baseball works tell you this isn't going to last. And so, like, you'd love to be able to flip the switch to a regular or, or a traditional backup the day that Wisdom's great run was going to fall off. <laughs> but that's not real. You can't actually do that. And so I wonder as, like, uh, Jason Hayward comes back, there's a clear relationship there to third base by way of Chris Bryant. And I did catch over the weekend, you know, on the day that um, Hayward came back, it, David Ross said something. I only saw the tweet that I didn't see the full context, but it suggested that 
if Jock Peterson hadn't hurt his back, he was going to start in left. Hayward was going to start in right on the return. And Chris Bryant was going to finally make his return to third base. That was sort of the quote. Well, if that had happened, that means Patrick Wisdom likely would have been on the bench. Well, he homered twice that day. And it that got me thinking like, okay, is Jason Hayward's return like the point where it's like, well, all right, we got to kind of go back to our regulars now. And if, if, when Jock Peterson comes back in, is that what we're going to see? Or does wisdom's emergence kind of start eroding Jason Hayward's playing time? Like it's, it's great to have all these interrelated positions, you know, the Cubs have particularly thanks to Chris Bryant, but it is going to make them confront a difficult choice like that. In fact, I mean, I could, I could almost put it to you just that. Do you play Jason Hayward right now? Or do you play Patrick wisdom right now? And that alone is sort of a fascinating question that I don't know has a super easy answer for as much as everybody would think that the answer is obvious. <laughs> I was about and, to say, I think if you pulled Twitter, you'd have a very easy, quick <laughs> answer. But I, you know, I mean, I think David Ross has a much harder decision because uh, let's just go beyond uh, defense. I, I mean, you want to get Jason Hayward feeling right at the plate. I know fans think he's never good or valuable at the plate, but there are times where he gets really hot and can, and can be a massive contributor on the offensive side. And that's all about timing and rhythm for him. And it feels like that that's more so than all. I mean, that's the biggest thing for everybody on offense, right? Timing. But for him, it just feels like it comes and goes. And when it comes it, there are long stretches where he looks really good on offense. Obviously he, I mean, what do we have? A two-game sample? A one-game sample? I don't even know how long, how many has it been. It's been one game. It didn't look good in that one game. <laughs> okay, what? Uh, yeah, it's two because he it's two because he grounded because of yeah. course tying runs on lead runs on and he grounded out to second base yeah. in the game and so everyone's like that's all he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he only does it nine times out of ten people. He does it a lot to the point where I can kind of understand the frustration. But I think right now you just uh, <laughs> you just have to kind of you have to find a way to get wisdom in there. I think maybe not every day you switch it up, but five times, you know, if you have seven games in a week, no off days, five times, you got to get wisdom in there. In my opinion right now, you don't have, I mean, especially Javi banged up. I, we don't know unless I've missed something. We don't know a lot about that yet. Uh, obviously Peterson is still a little banged up. Uh, you can't like, you kind of have to watch guys like Rizzo and, uh, Hayward coming back from injuries, uh, and and just kind of monitor them so they're going to get natural days off maybe a little bit more than you'd expect uh and that that opens up time for wisdom so i just think it i think for now you you ride it as long as you can uh what we have mariznik coming back soonish uh apparently uh maybe today maybe tomorrow we'll find that out uh you know, I, I I don't think that impacts him too much. I think that's more about Hap and, and playing matchups and, and stuff like that. Uh, eventually, when Duffy and then Nico come back, then I, mean, I think that's when we really have to start looking at how's Wisdom doing? Is this still happening? I don't. It's not going to happen at this level, I don't think. <laughs> if it does, then we. <laughs> I think the answer is obvious. But, you know, and then ultimately, I think he needs to stick around. Because it, until you have the, you have to make a decision with Bodie, and that that's probably a, a, that's going to be longer than than just a month, I would think. Uh, 
because it, here's here's ultimately how I look at Patrick Wisdom. Right now, Patrick Wisdom is playing like if David Bodie broke out and played the way I, I think he could, if he could elevate the ball more regularly, this is kind of what it is. Some strikeouts, a decent amount of like a good plate approach, but he's going to swing and miss a lot, but he'll hit you a ton of home runs and he's going to hit the crap out of the ball. And that's what I fit. Like if Bodie could figure out a way to consistently get the ball in the air, that's kind of how I saw him. Like someone that could do that if, if it all clicked and it looks like it's kind of, at least for now, wisdom's in like this, it's all come together for him. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts, how high he can take this, and 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 what exactly he is. But I think he's kind of showing that he's he's a pretty solid depth piece at worst, right? A guy that you'd like on your bench that you can give starts to semi regularly. Brad, I go back to what you were saying about this being the sixty game marker. I mean, how banged up is this roster going to look like sixty games from now? I mean. They have double-digit guys on the injured list, um, and we're in early June here. And so I think uh, we're going to see more of that and not to, like, you know, knock certain players, but, like, some of these guys go back on the injured list over and over with certain issues. You know what I mean? Like, thinking that, like, Jake Marisnik is going to be, like, healthy for the rest of the year probably isn't realistic. I mean, the way Wilson Contreras plays, the way Javier Baez plays, like what if there's, you know, one of Wilson's like hamstring issues or, uh, well, that would be really, really bad for the Cubs. Oh my God, Chances. God forbid. Uh, that was probably Mike, the bad, edit, edit that, that out. was a bad example. <laughs> um, Scratch that right out of there. Oh my gosh. But, you know, Rizzo's back, you know, like there are these things, these recurring issues and like it happens throughout a season. And I think you've got to see what you have in pa- I mean, when, the guys hitting like this, like don't overthink it. And I think the refreshing part is, is that, you know, we can actually see the results. Like, and I think hearing about David Bodie's exit velocity, like at a certain point, <laughs> the manager needs to see results. Like no one cares about your exit velocity. If it's going right at guys, or if you're not getting the job done and Wisdom has carried this offense. That's what David Ross said. And he you know, is going to ride this for as long as he possibly can. And then I think you start, you look up and see, okay, well, who's injured next? You know, what are the matchups like? Uh, I do think Nico and Hayward's defense, to your point earlier, is really valuable and, and something that in the long run will help sure up this team as well. So, you know, it's not necessarily easy, but that's David Ross's job to kind of balance all of these egos and considerations and make it work. Yeah, you make a really good point about the injuries too, that although you cannot, you know, it's like, I can't tell you who is going to get injured when, and I can't tell you with 100% certainty that some number of guys will get hurt for some number of time, but I can tell you, you know, with the 80%, 80th percentile confidence factor that, one and a half guys will miss a month and a half on average, you know, like you can do that kind of calculation enough to know that just because whatever decision is made in the next week or the next two weeks, when this guy returns, like these guys will come back. And I think it's probably more likely than not that at some point wisdom will be optioned back down to Iowa. Like, I think that's, you know, better than 50, 50. And I think the gnashing of teeth will be significant about that, but it'll be done in anticipation that he'll be back. And, um, Again, they might not know exactly when, but uh, it, it will be possible. So you, that's a really good point and a good reminder that 
I don't know. I reiterate as if to tell myself in the future, because I am going to be one of those keyboard warriors, like banging my keyboard. Like, You're, what? How are you sending him down? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, okay, but I got that reminds me, I got to hit on something else that I've been uh, probably overly... I'm not saying I have like a persona on Twitter, because it's like, I believe everything I say, but you certainly do present things in a performative fashion or at least i do right because that's part of the gig i have been doing a little bit of performing that i believe in but performing uh, about the second base situation that may now suddenly be resolved if javi Baez has to miss a little bit of time but i have been surprised with sergio alcantara up that he isn't drawing more starts at second base um as a guy who uh, has top tier glove, so that's not really a separating factor. Is a high contact bat who works at bats, so that's not a separating factor. Is a switch hitter, maybe a little bit better from the left side, but a switch hitter, so that's not really a, a separating factor. And is a 24 year old who actually may be one of these guys who kind of popped a bit during the shutdown that because of some weird rostering circumstances the Cubs were able to snag from the Tigers earlier this year. And, and it's you know, David Bodie's out and Nico Horner's out. Why wouldn't you be giving him every single start at second base? Both because he's probably at least neutral from what else you have. Uh, and pr- certainly has more upside than anything else you have. I'm trying not to call anyone out by name, but I don't, I just don't quite understand. It's been rare with David Ross that he, there's been a sort of a more than a one-off decision that I'm like, Oh, I think that was probably wrong, but whatever. Like, that's mostly been my take. I think he mostly makes all the right calls. And then occasionally he'll have one where I'm like, meh, I probably would have done that differently, but that's okay. This is like the first time it's been a multi-day sort of ongoing thing that I I just, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. Well, I mean, I, I've missed a couple uh, pre and post game sessions, so I don't know if this has been asked. So I feel almost better just completely like saying one reason why I think it could make sense, and so I don't know if if Ross is keeping this to himself and just you know trying to figure things out, but it, I mean, there's going to be roster decisions, and it's in the next month, and next month, next two months. Maybe he just needs to find out for sure. Like, is this a guy that we need to keep on our roster? Like, do we need him? on the team because you can't send him down. You can send, I think they like Alcantara. I think they know that like, this is a guy that's a depth piece at worst right now, right? He's a a middle infielder that can play defense and makes contact. And suddenly he's hitting the ball harder than I remember him ever hearing about. I think it was like the biggest thing was like, he just 
can't make hard contact, right? And now all of a sudden he's making hard contact. I, I, I don't, I haven't dug in to know, have any idea like what's going on there exactly. But I think the bottom line is they're trying to figure out what, what they, if Sogard has anything left. That's my guess. That's a complete speculation because otherwise, what is it that he brings? It's going to have to be something that that the num- the the numbers that we see uh, don't tell us. There's got to be something about matchups maybe. I don't know. Is there something more that we're not seeing in this that that that's there? Uh perhaps, but I I kind of agree. I I you know, seeing Sogard in there instead of Alcantara, I think basically that's that's one of the few things that where I'm scratching my head cuz I I mean, I know people love to bitch about Ross and the way he's handling his pitching, but I just feel like he he's kind of, his hands are tied. You have to push the starters a little bit more, even if it looks like they're they can't get through the third. Well, sorry, you need to kind of try and push these guys to get through the third. Otherwise, your season's over come the end of this month. Uh, but other, I I kind of agree that this is one of the few things where I'm like, there's there's got to be something more here, or I just don't get what what's going on. Why this dis- decision is being made where he's starting over and over again. I would I would imagine that <clears throat> on some level he's got to be looking at kind of his options here and being like I can't totally fault him for wanting maybe a more veteran experienced guy out there. I mean, Alcantara might be a nice player in the long run, but I mean, the Tigers have lost like 100 games a year for what? Like 3 or 4 years running and they could not find a spot for this guy. Is there something I'm missing That's in terms of his backstory? When you lose that many games, all you get is young talent. You see, Mooney? So he was squeezed out because they were so loaded with young talent from all those losing seasons. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Is this guy going to be Patrick Wisdom next week or not? That's what I want to know. If he's Patrick Wisdom next week. He's going to be the next Patrick Wisdom. I'm over Patrick Wisdom. It's all about Alcantara now. (laughs) This is the week of Sergio. Yes. It's Sergio time. You heard it here first. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's, it's all fair point. I think both... Like, there is a version of the answer to this question that combines what you said, Sahadev, what you said, Mooney, that I would at least accept as an explanation. You know, that it's like the op- the options are close enough, uh, that it's a veteran. I just want to choose. I want him in the lineup because he's a veteran. Also, we kind of want to really give him as much time as we can before we decide to cut bait. Also, maybe I'll throw in if Alcantara's glove is as good as we believe it is. Maybe you kind of like the tiebreaker of holding him in reserve in case you need him uh, to deploy somewhere else later. And you you just prefer him coming off the bench for some reason. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I it's, it's just, yeah, like I said, I, it's I'm picking nits in terms yeah. of like I was about to say, I think ultimately stuff. it's a nitpicking a bit, like in a, which is a good it thing, is. right? If, if, if this is what we're picking nits about, then it's fine. Yeah, and credit on on a related point, you know, the players obviously, we've said this with the bullpen too, the players deserve most of the credit. But kudos, you know, David Ross and the the rest of his coaching infrastructure for like put, clearly putting some guys in positions to succeed, whether it was Matt Duffy, whether it was Jake Marisnik, whether it was the, you know, parade of guys who've come to fill in. Um, and so we would only be having this conversation. Oh, and, and kudos to, to the at an organizational level, the Cubs finding these guys and putting them in a position to where we can even have a conversation and say, hey, this guy should be playing or how much longer should this guy be playing? Um, it's it's a fun, different conversation than we're used to having about like fill in guys, because it's just it's been a, a been a while since the Cubs had these. I, I was thinking about someone um, noted that the the stretch that wisdom has been having to open his Cubs career 
in terms of the number of home runs. It rivaled Donnie Murphy, you know, the legendary Donnie Murphy 2013. And that kind of cut two ways for me. Because on the one hand, we all remember that because it's like, oh, so this is that good. Because remember, I remember that. That was crazy. The flip side of it is, ah, that didn't really... <laughs> go much further than that did it and so you know it's a reminder that these kinds of stretches do happen and they they aren't always reflective of what's going to come next um but certainly it's um it's better than what it could have been when you're having to rely on guys behind guys behind guys and so it'll be curious to see what david ross does lineup wise roster and the cubs do roster wise in the coming weeks i think a lot of these lineup stuff that we've been talking about is going to be, it's going to take care of itself organically. Cause it's just like, guys are just going to miss time. You know, we keep waiting for everybody to be healthy and it's probably just not going to happen. Um, and so that might ultimately be more of an answer than anything we could hypothesize, but we still like that you listen to our podcast and let us do that pontificating. Uh, so this is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the athletic. I am Brett Taylor you heard from me. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. You also heard from Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. You can read their stuff at The Athletic. Uh, we really do appreciate you listening. That wasn't just a, a clever segue, although it was clever. And, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff, man. It helps. You like us on your your airwaves. You got to you gotta just keep, keep, us, keep us pumped up. So thank you. And oh, that reminds me, I want to shout out the email address. I forgot. We want to, we want to get some emails from you guys. It is, it is, see, see our producer, Michael, he's, he's fist pumping. He's like, yes, Brett remembered, but Brett doesn't remember the, the email address. <laughs> it's, is it Waveland pod? Oh, he's jumping. He's jumping on. It is Waveland athletic <laughs> at gmail.com. Snap Waveland athletic at gmail.com. Send us a message wavelandathletic at gmail.com you got a question it can be about the cubs it can be about you know what we do it could be about uh whatever you find interesting you make a comment just send it to us and if it's really cool we'll read it and get after it um so thank you all again uh we will talk to you later this week cubs take on the padres in san diego and uh we'll unpack it from there on thursday take care folks Thanks.